Before we get started, I need to thank a new Patreon patron. Thank you! And I'm not kidding here. This is the name that this person has on their Patreon profile. Thank you, Poison Applethorpe. It's the coolest name I've ever heard. Have nothing else to add, really. The name has stolen all the thunder. I have I have nothing except to say that you want to be as cool as Poison Apple. You'll never be as cool as Poison Applethorpe. Don't don't kid yourself. But if you want to be in the same space as Poison Applethorpe, so that you can get some of that that cool by proxy sort of energy, then you should go to Patreon.com/slash/OriginalCastPod and become a patron of the Original Cast. I'm sure you get access to our Patreon-only podcast, the Original Cast of the Movies. This year, doing a theme of sequels and and uh, biopics you you also get uh, access to live streams and or early episodes but d- it all it doesn't matter all it, it we're now we're just it's, it's basically all poison applethorpe all the time patreon.com slash original cast pod 24 7 poison applethorpe all right here's the poison applethorpe uh, show here's the here's the show whenever my world falls apart i never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today has appeared in nine Broadway shows, is currently on tour with Hamilton, and has produced a short film that you absolutely have to see, and definitely will be getting to that later. It's Aaron J. Albano, everybody! Hello! Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being had. It's so great to to talk, to finally meet you after hearing you on Broadwaisted for years and years it's nice to <laughs> oh those fools you. oh you know well what can you do uh yep. nice enough people i guess and yep. uh yes it's so great to talk to you and uh talk to you about ensemble the, the movie you've produced and that you're in but we'll get to that in a Absolutely. few minutes because aside from uh you know and obviously we'll also talk about all the wonderful broadway shows you've appeared i'm sure at least most of them uh including uh, including allegiance which i saw you in i i discovered yes. this morning which was so great uh, oh yay but uh enough of that for a moment because you're actually here to talk about starmite we are the good guys so nice and polite but bad guys beware us if you look in the fight because we don't take no lip and we don't take no sass we're as tough as those who leather Humana, humana, hey. Unbelievably, this show has come back around. I can't oh, yeah. believe it. It's so this is the show has now come up. This is three times now. We've had Amanda three Zeitler. times. Well, so this is hang on. It's two and a half. Amanda Zeitler introduced this show to me. I had never okay. heard of it until she brought it okay. up. Okay. And then a couple years ago, I was in the city and I got the chance to interview Gabriel Barry for okay. other things. And we talked yes. about Star Mites, because how can you not? And now, and now here we are again to talk to you about star mites. How did wow. star mites come into your life? Well, here's what's so funny because, of course, as a true Ravenclaw, I went to go listen to your um, <laughs> to Amanda's episode. Which, yes. hi Amanda, if you're listening. You um, and what made me laugh so much because 
Starmates came into my life because I did a production of it back in the day in my hometown of San Jose, California in 1995, where I played space punk. Um, What's funny about it, though, is as I was listening to Amanda's episode, she said that, oh, yeah, I, I, I experienced this show when I was in high school back out in California. And I was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. And then as the episode progressed, I was like, where in California? Where in yeah, California? Yeah, right. And she, as the episode progressed, she revealed that she was from Fresno. And I'm like, there it is. Because I have this like theory that there is this weird obsession with Starmites in Northern California and period the end. That's it. Like, because because <laughs> I grew up in San Jose. Uh-huh. I did the show in 1995, which like when we start talking about the, the yes, cast recording. we will get to that description. We will get to that. Yes, we will. Um, but I did it in 1995. We then like it. I was 12 years old at the time. So I think I just revealed my age. Which oh, great. wow. But I, um, so therefore I like, we did the show. It like everyone loved it. Everyone, of course, because, you mm-hmm. know, when, when it's 10 to 14 year olds doing Star right. everyone's going to love it because your parents love it. And then fast forward then to another children's theater doing it, I think that fall. And then I think, I think that was like Mulberry Children's Theater. And then I think Santa Teresa High School did it like the next year. And then it continued to sort of grow and become this thing to which I think then like fast forward a little bit. One of the people who was in my company, company, one of the people who was in my cast at my children's theater, uh, then went to NYU, was like, hey, have you heard about Starmites? Starmites, they do that. They then do it in NYU in which Barry Keating then like, gets involved with the show in oh, wow at NYU. And since then, like there have been like not just productions of Starmites in California, but like revival productions of Starmites. Like where, full productions, yeah. Well, and like like I did the show in 1995 at my children's theater. Like seven years later, they do this the same children's theater does the same production, in which case like the people who played like I know the person who played punk after me uh-huh. and then they did it. They did it again. And that person, like we all, like the punks all know each other and like the divas <laughs> all know each other. The Eleanor's all know each other. And we have this like community of star mites that oh, all originated from like Northern California. It's wild. Oh, that is funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when I was looking through the list, sure. I was like, Oh, we got to do star mites. And then the fact that someone else had already done it, I was like, wait a second. And how was this possible? Right. And then the fact that she was from Northern California, I'm like, here we are. This is, this is it. This is it. This is all you need. The, yeah. My theory is, 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 is holding is true. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I mean, cause yeah, yeah, I, I had, I mean, never heard of the show mm-hmm. until it, until Amanda brought it to my attention. And then found the people who know shows know it as this kind of weird little, you know, show that was ran, ran was on Broadway for a brief period of time. It's kind of mm-hmm. very high concept musical, um, which there were a lot of in the 80s, of course. Let's put high in quotes. Like well, <laughs> well, it is. It's I mean, it's high concept in the sort of traditional like sc- screenwriting definition, which is like, sure, we've got to give you a lot of information before you can just start oh. following the plot. You know, like absolutely. 100 percent. It is very it's, dense. It's high. It's high concept as well as you got to be a little high concept. Yeah, you got to. 
Well, you gotta let go. I mean, it's one of those. There's a there's a lot of musicals like this. I think mm-hmm. some are just better at hiding it than others. I mean, Cats sure. is a great example of this. Where at some point, if you're going to enjoy Cats, you've just got to let go and yeah, be like, you just gotta, "This is you just, just gotta." It is what it is. Oh, and I remember. And, and and tell me if I'm not even allowed to even say this, and you can cut all of this. Oh my! But like when I did Cats in New York, I sure. was like, when people would come and watch it, and they loved it, I was like, all right, be honest. What percent high are you? And they usually were like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like thirty percent high. I think that's the, as an adult, that is the exact like it's level of high level yeah. to like enjoy cats and enjoy a production of star mites that your child isn't in. Like, <laughs> I think that's exactly the perfect way right where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how high do you need to be to enjoy starlight express? Would then be my following. My following. I mean, I, I mean, probably the same level because they're all from that they're same so cr- yeah. sort of era of late. And what's 80s. funny is because yeah. like, Starlight Express was the year right before Starmite was on Broadway. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So there was a, we were, we were mining this um, subject matter. <laughs> well, and cause big budgets were in, I mean, that was mm-hmm. the sort of like the, 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 one of the things I really appreciate about Starmites and we will get to the plot description in a second, folks, just hang on if you have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about. But one of the, um, one of the things I really appreciate about it is its reach absolutely exceeds its grasp. Like it is, it is really trying to do some things okay. on stage that are very hard, that are so hard to do, you probably shouldn't do them. For example, having two characters on the stage who are, supp- who are played by the same actor who are intertwined inexplicably, but can never appear together and really need to like we really need a scene between these two characters. And oh, you, for sure. You can't physically do it. You know what I mean? And this uh-huh. is because even when you do physically do it, like in Jekyll and Hyde, it kind of comes off as weird on stage because, you know, it's oh, not for real. Sure. Yeah. So if it is such a movie and there's a lot of special effects and a lot of like moments of people getting frozen and people getting knocked down. You know, it's all kinds of stuff that you just are very, very ambitious and, you know, varying levels of success. But I appreciate the ambition. I'm just like, just, oh, yeah, for we're, sure. We're just totally oh, I bet it. you if this show got the Marvel treatment right now, uh-huh. it would like take off. However, you couldn't do that in 1989. No. You couldn't even do that in like 1995 or 2000. So, well, you can barely we do it now. And one of the things we're definitely going to talk about is what I like the Percy Jackson of it all. Like when oh, you do have sure. a show that's like this high concept and kind of geared towards a younger audience. I mean, this is a it, it's not quite TYA, but it is definitely like, you know, young mm-hmm. adult centric. Um, yeah. How I think there those shows get received in a very kind of snooty way and that mm-hmm. hasn't changed in the last 30 some years that's um, for sure i mean and even we have the the example of like an actual comic book show like spider-man mm-hmm. turn off the dark was yeah. just here yeah and despite all of the like problems that that show had like not even subject matter wise like the effects the yeah. things that it tried to accomplish on stage yeah injuries, i feel like yeah if there's yeah just, i feel yeah. like starmites would be would have its share of those similar mm-hmm. challenges. Yeah, absolutely. But let's mm-hmm. be so for the people who are completely lost, though, let's do. Yeah, do sure. you think that you could summarize the plot oh. of Starmites as much as you feel All right. necessary? And I we'll kind like of fill in as we a, go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to pull up a track list because that's literally oh, how man. we went. Because I hadn't, I hadn't heard about, and because again, 
as the true Ravenclaw I am, I definitely listened and listened mm-hmm. to Amanda's, who was it was very good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, there were details of it that I was like, wait, I forget. Did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> so we start in Eleanor's room where she is an avid comic book lover. And she is just feeling, and she's reading her favorite comic book, which is Starmites. She is interrupted by her mother, who is like, you need to put those away. You need to, you, you need to, tar- to start taking life seriously. This is not, you don't live in this world. And she, as teenagers do, um, roll her eyes and get upset with her mother, then kicks her out of her room. Um, and just angsty, 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 and wants to be a superhero girl because she doesn't exist here. I wish I were a superhero girl. During that song, she somehow gets transported into inner space. That's the that, that's the place that we are in. That's the universe. That's the MCU of Star Wars. Right. Yes, that's where we live. So yeah. she then somehow gets transported in her pining for inner space into actual inner space where um, Chakra, who is our villain, um, traps her. But she gets saved by Space Punk and the Starmites, the heroes of our story. But they keep referring to her as this um, character in their world called Milady. 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 And Milady is this prophesied savior of inner space that um, Chakra is trying to do away with because he wants to take over inner space and Starmite and the Space Funk are tasked to keep her safe. All the while Space Funk, because this is the natural order of stories, love, thinks he loves her. Great. Fast forward then, I think, why do they go to Secret Forest? To they go, go to the to- forest because that's where the cruelty is. They have to go and at into, some point. Do they yeah. find Trinculus yeah, in the forest? Sort of, no, he pops up before the forest because he's the one who tells them it's in the forest. So we got to go get the cruelty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So somehow Trinculus gets here. <laughs> somehow Trinculus gets here. Somehow we get into go into Shriekwood Forest. Don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> because the because the Banshees, Diva and the Banshees. So they are our the second half of our good good guys. But right yes. now we believe that they're like the villains as well. Yes. Um, yeah, it's very, yeah. Any case, <laughs> so we've started a sojourn into Shriekwood Forest to where um, I believe we discover the, the Banshee's fortress, wherever they live. They get Alice. captured. Yeah, they get captured. By yeah, the, so yeah, right. at some point, Trinculus and, and Space Punk are like, we're going to go find the cruelty. You stay here. So that's where, and so right. the Starmites are very scared and Milady casts a spell on them to sleep because they're freaking out. And she's like, you'll be fine. I'm here to keep you safe. That's where Little Hero happens. It's been fun, but day is done. And even heroes the Banshees then ambush the rest of the Starmites. The rest of the Starmites um, and capture them, bring them back to the fortress for Diva. Want to be 
because in order to in order to defeat Chakra or something. Part of the um, prophecy is that one of the banshees will marry a human, and that will a bring banshee about will end, marry a human. The yes. End of Chakra. Okay. Yeah. So she, yes, yes, yes. yes. Exactly. So yeah. it's not necessarily Bizarbra. So they've captured the Starmites in order to sort of set this up, sort of set this betrothal up. Right. Um, in which case, Trink and well, Trink. That's yeah, what we call them. And yeah. In the I was show. like Trink, Trink and Space Punk sneak into the palace, and at some point, Space Punk finds Milady in the dungeons, and so frees her, and that's where the love duet happens. No. So then Diva, in the meanwhile, is trying to set up because she she wants Bizarbra to be the to be the the prophecy, like the prophesied banshee. Right. So she starts setting up this wedding between her and one of the her and one of the um, other starmites. In which case, Bizarbra's like, "But no, mom, I I don't want to do any of it because she's also a angsty teen." Um, that doesn't feel like she belongs. So I think there's a, one thing that's not on the cast recording is the sequence where it's like these different like nuptial rituals that happens mm-hmm. between Bizarbra and the different Starmites. So it starts with like Herbie and then it goes Akak and then it goes Razzle Dazzledorf is like the third one and it also doesn't work. In which case, another track from the... Another track that's not on the cast recording is called like Finaletto, where yes. where Starmite swoops, where, where Space Punk swoops in and tries to like thwart and save his Starmites. In which case he's overpowered and Diva is like, you know what? You're going to marry my daughter or I kill all the Starmites. And, and so St- Space Punk then agrees begrudgingly. To which Milady has now seen all of this and it's like is like sad about it. So she's like, end of act one is is this betrothal that no one wants. Right. And Milady is like, meh, um, end of act one. Do you want to drink a water or something? You're doing really well. Diva. <laughs> no, we got it. We got it. We got it. We're going. <laughs> act two starts with they're about to do the wedding. And Space Punk is like, no, I don't want to do it because I love Milady. She's my lady. Someday she's gonna be my girl. She's this lady, my and someday lady. she will be. To which everybody's upset, and no one is okay with it. So that and Bizarre is upset. To which then, oh, there's a beauty within happens because Bizarre is sad that. Space Punk doesn't want to marry her, but Diva hatches a plan where if she can get Bizarbra, like she has a machine to make Bizarbra look like Eleanor. Yes. And I think that it has like a fancy comic book. Ma- it does have name. a fancy comic book name and I don't remember what it is. The Chambers of Psycho Sorcery. Yeah. So Beauty Within happens. Beauty Within. 
And during that entire like interlude in the middle, that's the transformation, in which case she comes out and her beauty within is now her beauty outside. And she looks like Eleanor. And now this thing can go down. Like now we can, right. now this wedding, we can trick Space Punk into marrying Milady, who's actually Bizarbra, and the the prophecy will be to- be told. Right. Um, in which case they get married, everything looks happy, happy, happy. Cruelty stomp happens because Trink, she brings down the cruelty and Trink is like, I can play it for the wedding. Let's play it. We do the cruelty stomp. Shake, shake, shake. Groove and rock now. Shake, shake, shake. Bump and bop now. He uses the cruelty, the cruelty to like, like torture everybody throughout the song and then reveals that he's chakra. Da, da, da. Right. Um, and whisk and because he now has the cruelty, he steals him. He steals away with the cruelty and Bizarro, who he thinks is Eleanor. Um, and space. So then Punk. they run away. Does he steal away? Yes, space he, Punk he too? got space Great. too. Yeah. He takes. Oh yeah, because he takes space Punk because I wasn't in Reach Right Down and I was pissed about it. So then, <laughs> so then everyone's really um, depressed and like, oh, the world's gonna end. Um, who kicks off Reach Right Down? The Starmites. The, the Starmites kick yeah. off Reach Right Down and and slowly like gets a oh no, Milady gets in. Milady comes back and because she's watched the whole thing from the wings. I don't know. But so she's now there and the and the storm and everyone's dejected. The Starmites are like, no, we can't give up. You gotta reach right down to the bottom of your soul, then you gotta reach a little more, a little more. And then everyone, uh, spirits get lifted and then they go after the song, after the big gospel song um, happens, they then run to like the edge of the world where this happens. Um, and Bizarra, who looks like Eleanor at that time, um, sacrifices her because does he try to like kick her off world or kill her or something? So- There's this. The very important plot point that all this leads uh-huh. to is that in order yeah. to take over everything, Chagra has to sacrifice Milady. So he throws. But how? Well, he's to throw her into this portal, and yes. and so Bizarra sacrifices herself because she's not Milady. He throws her in the portal, loses his power. And it doesn't work, right? He temporarily and loses it his power. Yeah, and then Milady shows up because to, it, yeah. yeah, because it doesn't work, and Space Punk's losing his mind because he's like, no, 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 my love, my love, my love. Yeah. And then the lady shows up and everyone's very confused. And she right. starts singing Immolation, where we're going to use the power of love to defeat the cruelty. Does Chakra then also fall into the portal? At Damn you, he, Eleanor. He, I, that I don't. I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's 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 defeated and sort of transformed back into Trinculus and then defeat. So it's hard to tell. Okay, because yeah, I I, I do remember him falling into the portal as well, but I don't know if that was like liberties that my children's theater took or he definitely yells "Damn you, Eleanor!" as he falls. So, as he's like, falling, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so then so yeah, he's falling somewhere. Damn you, Eleanor! <laughs>
then everyone's happy. Everyone's great. And then we get back. Meanwhile, on Earth, we see Bizarre Eleanor back in Eleanor's room to which mom is like, where have you been? Where have you been? I haven't. I did. She has time passed in Earth. I forget. There's some kind of accident that happened like the house gets banged up or there's because of the transportation oh. thing and so the mom's like what are you okay it's a lot of like okay you know, so, cool yeah so then she's because so, i was like was she missing was I don't, she, I don't know. yeah okay. i don't know if she's actually been missing or not or if it's just mm-hmm. like the house so are you okay bandits. Yeah. and and bizarre is like oh my gosh this is everything that i dreamed she now can take because she looks like eleanor she now can like continue life as Eleanor as an ordinary girl like she wanted in her wedding song. And I think like my children's theater got like dark at the end where like everything was happy, but then like Shock Ross showed up like from behind the bed and like put his arm in front, like over. And again, I don't know if that was, because it gets a little like ding, 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 ding. Like it gets kind of Mm -hmm. ominous towards the end of the finale. And I don't know if that was like something we just like decided to do or if that was the show. Um, But then the show ends. Thank you for coming (laughs) to the original cast. I've been Aaron Albano. This is your host, Patrick. Good night, everybody. Yeah, no. The only thing you missed, I think, that's important, and it's hilarious Mm -hmm. because, like, all is is that it turns out that Eleanor and Bizarro were switched at birth, and by whatever the mystical forces, and are now back in the place they wanted to be. They were supposed. They're supposed to be a superhero girl. Bizarro wants to be an ordinary girl, and it turns out they were. It's because they were in the wrong place, and now they're back where they belong. Yeah, that makes sense with their proper parents. That's great. Fine. Yeah, because um, who who made this prophecy? Oh, Oragula. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Oragula made this prophecy because she then takes over, to like like for the big like Dumbledore reveal at the end. Yes. Um, she takes over she the takes body over of one of the other. It's like Shotzi. Yeah, that's she takes right. Shotzi. Wow, I'm wow. And you are coming back. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I think she took takes over Shotzi's body. Yes. And Shotzi then like gives the speech about like what happened. Yes. Yeah, okay. and explains okay. it to well, and it's the unfortunate thing where she explains it to all of us and the Starmites, and at, at one point, and then she has to go explain it again to Eleanor. She does a lot faster the second time, but it is that unfortunate exposition oh, dump sure. moment where she has to do it twice because that character didn't hear the important information. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. So it's just hilarious. Like, oh right, I've got to. Okay, quick version. You're you're fine. It, yes. Well, there's this is what I'm saying. There's a lot in this story. So and much. It covers. If so you much had said ground. like two minute, if you had said like two minute synopsis, I would have lost my mind. Well, it's 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 not. I mean, it's not that it's not. Pop, you can, I can give you the elevator pitch version, but it doesn't. It's important on a show like this, I think, to explain the plot because it gives you a sense of how nuts this show. Like I say oh, about ambition, for like, sure, really is trying to cram a lot of information. Like it's a plot heavy show. Oh, very, 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 very. And it's trying to cram so much mythology and terminology and, you know, all this stuff into these, which I think is one of the reasons it, it didn't do well on Broadway because I can know there's a lot of people who, when you start to say that stuff, like just glaze, glaze over, sure. 
and they're just like, you know, oh, and it's important that the prophecy says that she returned to the place and the thing like, oh, whatever. I don't what's it, who are what are we? Who's a star? <laughs> when's, the, when's the next number? Exactly. Program, program, program. program yeah. Right. Flipping through being like, OK, I can hang out till that long. I wonder what the cruelty stomp is. Like, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But so, I mean, as I say, the show opened in in 89 uh and and closed after 60 performances after it didn't it, it was nominated for several tonys but did, it won none and and that's mm-hmm. what caused it to close but uh or that's why they decided to close it i should say but uh one funny thing that happened um between you and i talked deciding to do this show is you did the show in 95 you said right 95 95 mm-hmm. so and 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 hence and, and had the cast album at that point yeah and this cast album as far as i can tell Mm-hmm. was not officially released to the public until 1998 which is wild which is wild it is i i mean i and aaron in in deference to you and your and your breadth of knowledge i dug as deep as i possibly could and it was released <laughs> by on original cast records the now defunct original cast records by, uh-huh. by, by founded by bruce yako and in 1998 and i can find nothing else I wonder what it was then, because, yeah, because, again, I did the show in 1995. There was no Internet. There was no Spotify. There was no Apple Music. Right. I what what they would do at my old children's theater is they would if you wanted to buy a tape of the stop tape, Mm -hmm. tape, tape, everyone. Yes. Cassette tape. Right. Of listen in your car of the music in prep for the show, like before your audition. Mm -hmm. And again, even then, like. I don't think I remember when I when when I finally got the CD, whenever I got the CD, mm-hmm. there were certain tracks on the CD that were not on my original tape um, oh. because I think uh, our director probably just put the songs we would need for the callbacks. I don't know. Sure. Um, but I remember having this tape and wearing it out in 1995, Man. three years before. It was apparently released. So, because when you when you showed the when you yeah. showed me the list of the song, right. of of the st- the different cast albums you saw, I saw Starmites, and then I was like, "Wait, was there another cast album?" That no, there's just this after? one. There's and you and you were like, "No, that's it." And I was that's like, it. "Wait, oh, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on," because I distinctly it was these voices. I learned mm-hmm. that I because I was playing punk and I couldn't. I don't. I didn't have the ear that I have now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, arguably probably still couldn't find it because these songs are we'll get there in a second <laughs> but um it's the i had to go to i had to make a new tape with love duet on repeat on that tape because i couldn't just put it on a cd uh, because i couldn't find because they're because the structure of that song the duet part where they sing together mm-hmm. comes in on a key change and so yes. i could never find space punk's note and so i had to like i literally went to sleep playing that over and over and over for eight hours on a tape deck that like automatically flipped the tape sure oh yeah so it would go the whole night so and then the next day i came into rehearsal and had my part but literally the day before when we were rehearsing love duet i was like no 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 i couldn't find it but this was what in 1995. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> all of that to say, this existed. I don't know how. My suspicion would be that they recorded this album because this album is also very 
I don't want inexpensively made. Let me put it that way. It is for not, sure. It is not the the one of the great things about. So there is floating around if you know how to find it. There is a bootleg of the soundboard of the original Broadway production, which has full orchestrations and all that stuff to it. And that gives you a lot more sense of what the score sounds like, because on the album, the CD, it's a lot of synths. You oh, know, for sure. A lot of that. And so it's because they were trying. It to has know. like concept recording vibes to it. It like, absolutely does. Sure. And it's a highlights yeah. album, too. I mean, it, it, it yeah. doesn't have all the songs. It, 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 it covers the bases. So I'm wondering if they had recorded this and then the um, the publishing company had it for you to get if you did the show. But it wasn't like mm. available for sale until the original cast records picked it up in the late 90s. After Interesting. Every- because it would also make sense if everybody was doing it up and down Northern California in the mid nineties, that uh-huh. they, they would be able to go to a label and be like, no, this is like, people are doing the show. You should put this record out that we've recorded that we've been trying to put out for however long. So that would be my yeah. guess. If I mean, cause, was, because yeah. from the like rights aspect of it, I wonder if there was a world where this didn't exist, but it was the tape that came with the rights. Right. That every, that everybody theater got. Right. And so you were able to share it with your company, but it didn't exist outside of that. Mm. And then in 1998, they were like, let's just make some money since everybody's now sort of right. doing it. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Bruce Yeko and original cast records would put out almost anything. I mean, it was it's one of the great things about that label is, I mean, that's why we have an original cast album for In Trousers. It's a yeah. tremendous label that really just put whatever out. It's also why they don't financially exist anymore, but it is mm, like, fair. so, but it's great that like they released this, they release things like this because otherwise we wouldn't have it. We would have no totally. original cast recording of star mites. And it yeah. is called original cast members because it is not the full original Broadway cast. Most noticeably um, Sharon Knight, who played um, diva Sharon McKnight, pardon me, played diva in the original Broadway production does not appear on the, on the CD. Mm. Um, so it, it's Janet, Janet Aldrich. And yes, yes. And okay. Um, and so that's why they call it, they have that very specific original cast members. Name, Interesting. Funny little like subheading. A little, yeah. Little thing you can put little on asterisks. On yeah. The... Put it on the outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it's it, yeah, but it's really funny that you had this and then th- it was this because ver- then my, my first thought when you said that was like, oh, it was some other demo version, but it's like, no, if it's these voices, oh, these, these people. These people. Then it mm-hmm. then it has to exist it, with the dialogue and with the dialogue yes. lead-ins and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a fully mm-hmm. produced cast album. Like they really thought mm-hmm. about it. They're like, "Well, we need this little line here and this little bit there." But it does oh, have, yeah. like you say, big concept album vibes in its sort of mm-hmm. production. Like this uh, was to sell. This is to sell, yeah. to sell the this show. This was to sell sure. the show, and it does. I mean, it well it worked in Northern it California did. anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could say. Oh, it has quite the legacy <laughs> in Northern California. For sure. Do you have any theory as to why Northern California would be a place this would take off? I, I mean, honestly, I don't. I only know, I mean, if I may be so bold, I do feel like I, I was part of the first production in Northern California, if not oh, okay. one of the first productions in mm-hmm. Northern California. And I don't know, because like, it's so weird. Just, I mean, I guess we could enter a conversation about like, viral status like before mm-hmm. viral anythings were a thing yet sure um i'm of course talking about social media viralness right. and right. not yes. like not the actual you know, one yeah. the virus that we're still currently we're still living in. with yes but like starmites blew up in 1995 for mm-hmm. sure like i like there are 
it's to the point where, and I, and again, I love my children's theater and what, what they, and everything they've given me, everything that they've done, but there's the weird, like, this is the way we did Starmites is the way we're always going to do Starmites in the like revival versions of it. Mm, mm-hmm. And like a pride that like, Oh, this is how we sort of did Starmites. Cause there's our production of Starmites looks nothing like the Broadway company. Sure. Obviously. Sure. A, it's a children's theater, but also like the design of our children's theater production I mean, I, sh- I sent you one picture. Yes, you and did. It's very, <laughs> it's definitely like, oh, for a good long while, at least for a while in Northern California, like that's what Starmites looked like. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sort of like viral quality of a show just overtook like the youths of Northern California <laughs> to where like, Oh, I saw my friend do star. Oh, I saw star mites here. Can we do star mites? Oh, I saw mm. the star mites here. Can we do star mites? Because it was accessible. Like, dare I say it's the newsies of 1995. Like, Ooh, like it's that. like everybody now wants to do because also like, it's a show that you can have as little or as many people in it. Mm hmm. It was very, it's in that way, it's very attractive to youth theater. It's very attractive to um, like a, a large cast where people just want to be a part of something. You have, not that you have this, the, like the numbers for this in terms of children's theater, but like arguably you can like make the boys and, and male identifying um members of your cast the starmites female and female identifying members mm-hmm. of your cast the banshees the banshees done yeah. you've right. already like and it has this sort of like like harry potter house quality to it or like i'm a starmite i'm a banshee i'm right. a da, 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 da. and so like it automatically fosters this sort of for lack of a better word tribal <laughs> like, sure fun fun mm-hmm. part of being young where you're like oh let's go and do like go to Chuck E. Cheese, hey, whoever yeah. win, like it's the Star versus the Banshees. Let's go. Like it's and so, and then on top of that, moving forward, like when you brought up cats earlier, I was like, this show, even in the community that it's done that has done it, like there are certain shows that I feel like like only because I have the experience of these, so I'll use these two examples. But like if you do newsies or if you do cats, you know there's like a weird like community that exists by people who've done those shows Mm -hmm. that you're like, Oh, you did cats. Okay. Who were you? Okay. Like, and there's an automatic like bond that exists. Same thing when you do newsies, arguably same thing when you do star mites. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I found out one of my good friends, Ryan Warsing, who's uh, I think in music man. Now he was part of that new NYU production and he played ah. space punk and i was like oh, wow yo we were space punks <laughs> and so that's sort of like the one the first if not one of the first conversations we had where we were like yo mm-hmm. uh-huh and so that that sort of camaraderie exists within that show and i don't think i i mean of course like just like with any other youth organization and like the stakes are so high in children yeah. children's theaters and high schools where like you'll 
attached to anything. But for some reason, and I think you and Amanda mentioned this before, we're like, if everyone else is doing Les Mis and you're doing Star Mites, you feel special. Yeah. You feel there, you, you feel like, oh, I, we found the nugget that no one knows about that we can take pride in. There is a sort of like secret knowledge of a theater kid kind of vibe mm-hmm. that has always existed. I think always existed ever since there've been theater kids. I don't know how long that history mm-hmm. goes on, but it's always the like, <laughs> there is a sort of like other language, other world, other knowledge kind of thing. Because for me, the show that like does that is, is chess. It was the first big show where somebody mm. was like, there's a show called chess and it's a musical about chess. And I was like, there's a musical about chess. Like, why would there be a musical about chess? And it then is, the, but it exists and it has an album and you can mm-hmm. find it. And it's a real thing. And it really does. It, it feels like you're opening a whole, a whole world. And then when you have yeah. a show like this, that is literally takes place in another world or even cats and newsies to a certain extent take place in a distant, you know, newsies takes place in the past. It doesn't exist. Obviously cats takes place mm-hmm. wherever the hell cats takes place. And <laughs> uh, it, it is, but it has that vibe to it, it of like, Oh, we know you and I both mm-hmm. know what, you know, you, when you meet somebody who played that, but like, I think hair is that way too. There's a sort of like, there's a, like what well, we did the show. How did you guys do whatever yeah. number, you know, how did you guys uh-huh. do the, you know, the, the dance sure. and the spousal arousal? Like how did, how did you handle that? And how old were you when you played, you know, that kind of, like, yeah. the, we- it the becomes like a weirdness weird, of it. Yeah. It, it becomes like a weird community within the community. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. And that go, great oh, Venn you- diagram of like, oh, I've done that show. You've done this show, this and that. And it, it's just it's it's shorthand with people. Mm-hmm. And that is a really fun uh, <laughs> can be really, really, really fun when, uh-huh. when talking to people. But like of all the shows we've mentioned, I think it's fair to say that this one is the most bonkers of all of those. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Because even it's- even the score isn't making the choices you expect it to make when you like the logical choices, the expect like this, this score is all over the place and all over the place. I'm not knocking it necessarily, but like you say, learning to sing some of these songs, I can see being incredibly difficult. Well, this music is not helping. I mean, attack of the Banshees alone. I'm like, this is music. Yeah. This is like, it's, and, and it's one of those things where I'm like, again, because I learned it in children's theater going back being like there is no world where this like dense and complicated of music should be anywhere near a 12 year old's hands because (laughs) like you have like that is like legit a it's like legit music right yes and b like some of the parts in this in this show i'm like you need an actual musician's ear to hear any of this yeah and no, and if you're giving it to like 11, 12 year olds, they're singing the melody. Like, sorry yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. but nah, but no, like the amount, the amount of like, but what was the song that I was, which song? Oh, Bizarre's Wedding. Like, yes. Yeah. We don't talk about Bruno of back in the yes, day. Yes, it is. Like, That's exactly what it is. So, yes. All the counterpoint yep. of all the different literal solo banshees singing. I'm like, this it is hard. This is not easy.
Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and to be licensed out. I mean, it's already hard for adults, like full grown yeah. adults. And then to license this out to like high school kids or or 10 to 14 year olds, middle school kids. I'm like, and we did it all. I mean, I guess that th- there's an aspect where like, if you demand a level, mm-hmm. kids especially will rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. But man, I going back to hear this music, A, to hear how it was like, quote unquote, supposed to be sung. Because, you know, none, none of our, none of our like 10 to 14, uh, like teenage girls were doing any kind of head voice in any of Attack of the Banshees. Sure. We just had like a chorus full of Annie's just belting, which is glorious. I am oh, not sure. like, that, that is, it might be my nostalgia talking, but that is my preferred way of hearing Attack of the Banshees <laughs> because talk about like a shriek Banshee, like. Like a like a full like teenage girls just like because arguably they're not singing yet they're yelling yeah. so they're yelling on pitch attack of the banshees it's great well and it this is. show really would benefits from that level of commitment because yeah, yeah. it yeah. is really like it's a show that where you just have to like it, it doesn't matter if you don't know what you're saying you just have to say it because if yeah. you for a second as a cast member doubt what you're saying the audience is gone because they're sure struggling to keep up you know Mm -hmm. for the most part and but if you just come out there and you're like yes we're star mites and and this is the cruelty and this is the thing and here we go it's like all right i guess i guess we're going like that's what it is and that for junior high school is perfect because you are just like this is my part i take this like i do my doing my thing and i was told you know this is my bit and i'm doing my and it and it you're you're all you're all in you don't care you got a costume mm-hmm. you got some lights and you're on your way and that's really enough and yeah. i i imagine this show is like i mean i would readily go see the show if a, if a young adults theater high school whatever did it nearby i would 100 percent go see it oh be- for sure it would just be so much fun to see like that that kind of the, the, the there is you know my my writer's ear gets ticked to like some real tonal issues this show has with like yes. is it a comedy is it self-referential is it not because diva is i was gonna ask you how old was the actress who played diva in your production 10 to 14 oh like, my i think God. she i think she i think she was we had two casts because again we double cast. Oh, okay okay so uh we double cast over one weekend. So everyone got like three <laughs> shows, um, three or four shows, maybe oh my tops. God. Um, again, we were living children. Cause mm-hmm. when you don't know, mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. You can't even fathom eight shows a week. You like, you're like, Oh, right. I get Friday night, Saturday matinee and Sunday night. Great. Great. Done. Mine. Um, yeah. And my parents are going to get buy tickets to all three all and three, I'm going to yep. go watch the other cast the yep. days that I don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I believe because I was in the young, because I was in the younger cast. Oh, um, okay. And I, I was in the POW cast. We had POW, POW cast and ZAP cast. Oh, I nice. was in the POW cast. Um, and I believe my diva, I want to say she was 13, maybe oh, at the time. And I think then the other cast, their diva was 14. But yeah, no, nah, it was, just... it's. Because it's a hard on this recording, you can hear them struggling to to hit those notes mm. to contain that. In the soundboard recording, you can really hear her just like it's so much fun because she just at a certain point kind of gives up in the best way. She's just sort of sure. like 
when it, like it is like because the song is all about how hard like her big song where it's hard, hard to be, to be diva. the diva and they yeah. keep reprising it over and over again and when she, every time she sings it's hard you feel this sort of like like oh, it's nice. really hard like it's really really hard yeah. to sing this right now which is a great I mean, joke but, but then there's also the aspect of like when you're 14 oh, you yeah. can rip your chords in half and they mm-hmm. will bounce and back the next day the next day absolutely yeah they oh, will yeah. like literally wolverine themselves back together and just be fine oh yeah and so and again at 14 you don't have like the worst thing you're putting in your body is like coca-cola so it's yes so you're probably fine you're fine yeah no i remember bouncing right back mm -hmm. well and also i remember i lost my voice every show i did in in high school and mm. there's a certain badge of honor to that also when you're that age of just being oh, like, yeah. oh you're yeah, like, I, I worked I, so hard. Yeah. I blew my throat out. And now if I like even start to feel like a little bit, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hurt. This is going to hurt so badly. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I, you I, bust I, out the steamer gotta, right, away. right away. Bust- I'm like, I'm not even messing around. Like there's no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to you. You're talking to vocal coaches about breath placement. You're all over <laughs> at 15. I'm just like, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out it comes. And it's no big yeah. deal. I will say I do remember that our diva did not have to play the mother. At the, that's at the a beat. really good idea <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. mom, really mom good and diva idea. were separate characters right eleanor bizarro were the same but mom and diva were different we're separate yeah okay yeah that's so, good because i remember when i was listening to the the cat i can't what do we call it now you it's, call it a cast a cast album. Album. it's a cast i mean recording. but when i was listening to it it was not oh, so the demo oh, but it was if it's the same but if it's the same recording it's still the cast who made a recording right. you can still call it the cast well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll leave the technical <laughs> aspects of this um to the historians who yes. yell at us later. Right. Um, but when I was listening to Cash Corn, I was like, those sound like the same person. Are those the same person? Those are probably the same person. Yeah. It was not. Um, it was not in our in our show. In your show. So, yeah. And I, I remember just, for, yeah. se- for a second being a little salty about it. I was like, on the cash recording, they do this. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. because again, when you're yeah. oh, it's growing like up when, in theater. And it's like when everybody does into the woods and they don't double cast, because nobody double casts the wolf and Cinderella's prince, like in, in a regional production sure. to the yeah. high school. No, uh-huh. but why would you sacrifice? Like, why would you get one actor to play such an awesome part when you can have two actors uh-huh. play really good parts? And every, it's and, not about saving money at this at that point. Yeah, no, it's about no. giving everybody like the most opportunity to perform. But like, I do remember when there was, a, I think it was in college they did into the woods and the, having this very snooty theater kid conversation about like, well, you know, there are thematic reasons why the two got characters are played by the same but you know what i mean and this production is just clearly not as developed and you probably you know and, just, and you look back on that night it's like oh shut up like you need to taking like, a time machine back to who we used to be is laughable oh god i don't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> really uh, yeah i mean i've re- it, it is I, I mean you have to become zen about it obviously but like of course i was so happy when you sent me that picture though also of 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 you and starmites because it's also that unfortunate thing and i think this can happen with a lot of, of people who go on to do theater or film or whatever professionally that you can become i don't know if ashamed is the right word but certainly like you don't want to talk about then and those shows sure. and that one. you don't want it because it's very vulnerable and it's very human and there's a certain part sure. where you're like yeah i did that but i don't do that anymore and you don't it's like no i, I know you don't do that anymore i know you do this now <laughs> you know it's like, funny because i because I, I do think that there, there, there's an aspect where this show sort of has that life as well where mm-hmm. like because I, I also do think there's like a third level to that first it's like you 
are super proud of what you're doing as a kid. And then you're in this middle ground where you're like, I'm a serious person now. So I don't like, let's ignore all of that. And then you enter like the most mature stage where you're like, yeah, both are true. Like let's calm down. And Mm -hmm. I love all parts of that. And I think I feel this way about Joseph. And I think that this Hmm. sort of has the same sort of way about like a similar like characteristic that Joseph has where when you're a kid and when you're a child and when you like have this perception of Joseph, you think it's the best thing in the world. I did Joseph in 1994 as well. So maybe this is, this is biased as well, but Mm -hmm. Joseph is like, it's, I mean, objectively it is the campiest campy campy camp 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 oh camp yeah show. yeah absolutely when you're a kid you don't understand that yet so you just think it's great mm. and then when you get into your like sondheim motive the only valid theater is light in the piazza right like then joseph becomes trash mm-hmm. and then when you're out of that and you're just like no it's campy and it had its place and it's great in the way that it's supposed to be seen yes I think Star Mites is exactly the same way. Yeah. We're like, on this side of it, you're like, Star Mites is ridiculous and fun and has its flaws, but it's a good old time. Yeah. You asked me like 10 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, that this in the most objective way and then the most like cynical, clinical, whatever, like Star Mites is not like, like Lincoln Center is not going to be doing a production of Starmites anytime soon. No. For its subscribers. Right. But like, and then, but then when you're a kid, like Northern California loves it. It is that other thing of like, because this ties into what we were saying earlier about like Percy Jackson, Spider-Man turn off the dark. And I mean, anytime you have a a show, I mean, this is not based on any comic book. This creates a comic, which might be part of the issue is it creates like its own mythology, totally from scratch Mm -hmm. where, but even things like Adam's family coming mm. to Broadway, you know, which are based on comics, you know, like it, it's uh, it's often forgotten by people who bemoan sh- musicals based on comic books or anything like that. The two of the like most like one of the most successful Broadway musicals ever, Annie, which has already come yeah. up, is based on a comic strip. And Your Good Man, Charlie Brown is based on a comic strip, obviously mm. big, successful shows both. And so it's not that it can't be done. It's just like, you know how how do you do it and there really is this like i feel instantaneous like turn your nose up at the material and this is i mean it's very simplistic does it have book problems a thousand percent it has like it has a lot of book problems and and i think they could be they could be fixed but also at the same time (laughs) why would you because yeah it's just so nuts like it's it's a, a particular kind of show where it's just like we could fix it or we could just let it be and be so much fun mm-hmm. but it does have that idea like you say lincoln center is not going to do it i do wonder like i would see this at a high school but i don't know that it like if arena stage here in dc did star mites if i would think that was a good idea I, yeah i could see it as a like a new world stages or uh, mm-hmm. like like a sensible like off broadway run where it does and i think you and amanda sort of hit on this uh before Listeners, any of you like listening to this, also go listen to Amanda's mm. talk. Amanda and yeah. Patrick's talk about Starmites. It is a good two-parter <laughs> series. Um, but you talk about the earnestness of the show. Yes. And it is very true that like yes. I do feel like it the show does get a little lost in 
how much it's trying to do and that it sort of doesn't lean into the absurdity of itself. Yeah. Because again, like this music's too difficult. Frankly, Beauty Within and the finale and Love Duet are really good songs. Mm-hmm. Like, like in a normal version of the word good. Mm-hmm. Like these are great songs. And it's almost like these songs were this show to have like, like a Xanadu treatment or like a Lizestrada mm-hmm. Jones treatment or mm-hmm. something where that was less, it, it was a little more. Get Douglas Carter being on the phone. We're going to fix Yeah, it. exactly. Right. If he yeah. like, like, like rewrote the show mm-hmm. where it was a little more tongue in cheek and it winked to the audience a little more, then you could get away with the like wild shifts in style in all of the songs. Yes. You could get away with the, like the themes of the fact that it's a com and really lean into the, like the funness of it. Mm-hmm. But there are certain times where I think I agree where I'm like, it goes too far in the earnestness where I'm like, Oh no, you think, Oh wait. Yeah. You think this is, this isn't, yeah. You, you're not- you do think this is, this is more serious than it is in which case, like, now I think now I think this shows doesn't know what it is. Yeah, and feel, I can't. I no longer feel safe here. If that, yes, if that it is it's exactly right because there's moment because that's one of the things about shows like this, and that's again I think why Cats works because Cats never tries to hang anything on itself that isn't already there. It mm-hmm. just is what it is. And it's also why the movie didn't, one of the many wonderful reasons the movie didn't work is you try to put too much on top of it. It's just, it's not going to support it. It doesn't have the foundation for it. And Star Mites really get, can get lost in its own nonsense when it is a mother-daughter fighting teenager parallel kind of weird relationship. That's when it's living its best life. That's mm-hmm. when it's like the when the kids can see the obvious problems and the parents can't mm-hmm. and the, the uh, you know, the silly adventure aspects of it and the funny little bit, those are the best moments when, when it tries to get heavy or in, in any way <sighs> feel like it's saying like, I get it. I get the message. The message yeah. is love wins over cruelty. Probably don't mm-hmm. call the thing the cruelty. Cause everybody's saying yeah. it over and over again. Isn't well, so- and, and also, and, and it's that aspect of like, wh- because I, I do think these songs are like the songs that hit mm-hmm. like, in a more serious tone, do it well. Mm-hmm. But it's an aspect where I'm like a beauty with like the beauty within is a beautiful song and it has a great message, but I'm literally like, it crosses the line into a different show mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, this, the song either shouldn't be as good or right. it needs to like convey this message more in line with, the other songs in this show and the, and with the more, the energy of these. Yeah. Sh- the, the energy of the rest of the show. And that's where it gets like, not tough to watch because it's not tough to watch. All of it's great, but like. It gets disappointing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it's, there are moments when you see a show that sort of is neither, is neither fish nor fowl. It really makes you go, gosh, I really wish you guys had picked because I was enjoying what you were doing mm-hmm. a second ago and I'm yeah. enjoying this, but 
but you're not, you gotta, you gotta put them together. So you really gotta mm-hmm. pick a, you gotta pick a director. It's one of lane, those, yeah. It's so funny to me that a show like Pippin exists in the world. And so mm-hmm. it seems to me so few creators learned one of the lessons of Pippin, which is like, if you want to do the jokes about this is a musical comedy and like, she just sang this song to me and blah, blah, blah. You can do that. You just have to do that all the way through. You've got to commit mm. to those moments. It doesn't mean that every time one of those moments presents itself, you have to make that joke because we've all yeah. seen those shows too. And that gets, <laughs> that gets cloying on a whole other level, but you can mm-hmm. have a show that has like, it's very self-referential and theater conscious and still has a profound emotional impact at the end. Mm-hmm. If you commit to the bit, if you, yeah fade away from it if you cr- if you cringe at it as a writer as a performer or whatever the audience is going to cringe twice as hard if they see you kind of backing away from it and it has like a lot of like b themes which is like the like not not like not fitting in like the do i love this person and it's again it's all <laughs> it's where i'm like it's perfect for middle school kids it really <laughs> is it's absolutely it really perfect is. it's really like that is Aside, like forget the fact the score is too hard it is really the perfect mm-hmm. th- that is the right age to play the show is 12 yeah. to 13 to, for, to come into your life you will love it forever and it gives you the chance to do and, and like i say i i like the fact that it's reach exceeds its grasp because it, it, it when you're in it you're in the, like you always feel like you're you're trying to accomplish something like you're tr- mm-hmm. like oh this is like there's something here like you know we're working really hard to get it across and you know you may never get there but that's great. That's the journey. <laughs> you know, For sure. To get kind of jumped uh, all over the place. I have to ask though, Aaron, uh, what is your favorite song? On this, Stormites. on, on yes, yeah, reach right down. No problem. No question. No question. Reach right down. <laughs> reach right down is the best song in the show. And I cannot oh, right. even you tell you. In it and you weren't in it. I, oh, were, I, see. I wasn't in it. And I was upset. <laughs> I was so upset because again, because again, oh, like funny. as, as a child, like, while they're all wonderful, like special, unique mm-hmm. performers on Broadway, as a child, when you're hearing this tape over your tape deck, yeah. you're like, okay, so um, is that Ackerman or is that punk? I can't tell. <laughs> okay, well, if I, if I audition and I'm like, maybe punk's in it, but it doesn't, because also you're not thinking like dramaturgically at no, 12. No, not at all. Right. She was like, okay, maybe punk's also in that song. So then like, and, and literally like when I found out that punk wasn't in mm-hmm. reach right down, mm-hmm. I was very sad because it's my favorite. It was my favorite song because the rest literally two people aren't in that song. Right. Two people, <laughs> two people, Tranquilla Chakra yeah. and space punk. Like yeah. even Eleanor gets to be in that song because right. she's no longer Bizarre. Right. So the entire cast is in that show, yeah. in that song. And again, when you're 12, you're not thinking like, well, we all get paid the same. It's fine. Right. You're thinking like, <laughs> I don't get to be in the number with my friends and it's my right. favorite song. Yeah. And the choreography is really cool. And yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I had a moment. I had a moment. Because you don't but... need a break either. You don't even have that feeling like, oh, good. I get to sit down for. Oh, good. I get to go get the water. While like, everybody no. else is, is running around like a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. I get to go like hop in my dressing room and check Facebook. No, right. no, like, no, that is not yeah. what you were thinking. All I want to do is be in that song, but I'm waiting, chained <laughs> up, like to enter for the next scene. <laughs> while of course. Like Everyone. the audience of 200 go wild for this gospel number that like 12 right. to 14 year olds are singing. Like right. it's yeah. 
Oh, which I doubt. So no question. Oh, that's so funny. It's my one regret in my adult life. I... <laughs> well, then I think you've had a pretty great adult life. I think that's what I'm going to take. Fair, You're doing fair, just touche. fine. Speaking about your adult life, though, and what, you, what you've been doing, um, I yeah. had the pleasure to watch a, a film that you are in and that you produced yes. uh, called Ensemble, which can you tell the folks about Ensemble? Um, yeah. So Ensemble, speaking of um, something that I think would be valuable for young people mm-hmm. <laughs> and young aspiring performers to oh, watch. a thousand percent. Um, try, especially when they're about to enter sort of the workforce. It's a... It's a film that we produced during the pandemic. Um, It took place on March 20th. We shot it on March 20th, uh, 2021, which was about a year after the Broadway shutdown of 2020. Um, And we gathered 13 uh, current Broadway performers um, to sort of have a, to sort of gather and be a part of a, community that doesn't exist anymore at the time Mm -hmm. um again where we gathered we danced a little bit and then we reflected sort of on the industry as it existed in march of 2021 which no shows were open yet no shows there was no sort of broadway on the horizon all but nobody was vaccinated that was the like i have to say watching that Mm-hmm. which is, I mean, because it's a short film, I should let everybody know. It, it's it's less than yes. an hour long and it is mainly these conversations. So you do have cutaways of, of the people, which is great. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of text information about like, this is where we are in history. This is, you know, mm-hmm. the update. And when you put the date up and I was like, okay. And then it says, whatever the title says, that vac- at the time vaccines were not available to any of the members of the cast. Everyone mm-hmm. was tested. There's a little thing where it's like everyone here had been tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says, but nobody was vaccinated. And I really gasped because yeah. I was like, oh, right. Like, we it's so funny. We haven't had him all that long. Yeah. Right. It's really it's not wild. been that long. And now mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm two shots and a boost in. But it is mm-hmm. that feeling of like, that's nuts that like, yeah. you know, this is the and, and, and it's the thing you see a lot now when people have like round tables in the pandemic where everybody's sitting very far apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very, you know, mass when you were dancing and then not masked when you're talking and. But it was, it really immediately put me back in the mindset of, mm. of that time where I was like, oh, this thing you guys are doing. Like, I, I then suddenly was like, oh, what would that be like if I had met up with like 12 other people? Like, it would have been yeah. shocking and emotional. And, and that's what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I think, yes, I think it's great. I think it's a great, it's a great film. And I, I really am glad it's getting out there and the people are going to be able to see it. So the film is called Ensemble and it will be out. When does it come out? Uh, it comes out March 11th on Broadway on Demand. Uh, it, it will be a pay-per-view uh, film on that platform for $9.99. All right. We'll have a link mm-hmm. to that in the in the show notes for everybody. So you can check it out Yay. on March 11th. <laughs> I believe you can pre-order it now. So oh, there you have go. Fun. Pre-order. Follow us on all the things. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Where can you follow the, mm-hmm. the movie? Uh, you can follow the you can follow the film on uh, at Ensemble Film Official on all the different across all the platforms you can, all right yeah you can you can find us on instagram tiktok facebook youtube did i get them all i think that's right that sounds like enough yeah yeah go search for that <laughs> handle if you don't find it it's not there it's exactly not, you know right Perfect. uh 
That's so great. Aaron. And so you're on the road right now. I am. I'm currently on the road. Where are you Uh, right now? So currently I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Mm -hmm. Benetton Center. So come and see us there if you live in the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh area. Fantastic. Aaron, thank you. It was so great to talk to you. So great to meet you. Thank you. you. This is quite a fun trip down memory lane. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It looks like the end of the line, old friend. Hopes are far between and few Your soul cries out for comfort now But your fears echo back at you Your hopes are gone You can't go on And the outlook's black and blue When there's absolutely nothing left there's just one thing to do. You've got to reach right down to the bottom of your soul. Then you gotta reach a little more. Then you gotta reach a little more. You gotta dig right down till you can't dig no deep. Then you gotta dig a little more Then you gotta dig a little more When you're down at the bottom well, don't stop then Grab your dreams if you still got them And start over again You gotta go deeper and deeper Till you hit the core When you think you've given everything you've got You gotta, gotta give more The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn Please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. It's the easiest way to help the podcast grow. If you like movie musicals, then you have to check out patreon.com slash originalcastpod to learn about our bonus podcast, The Original Cast, at the movies. You can follow The Original Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at originalcastpod. Special thanks to our social media manager, Bethany Zalecki. Hi, Bethany. My thanks to Aaron J. Obano for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. I